Welcome to the Forgotten Art Project Podcast, where we ask the question, what makes you feel alive? These are the stories of your pursuit. All right. So hello, everybody. My name is David, and this is my good friend, Michael. And Michael's got a pretty cool story. He's going to share a little bit about um, playing music and how that was a huge part of his life and uh, similar to story to mine, but not actually like kind of the opposite. So uh, Michael, tell us about like playing music and how that was for you. Yeah, right. And it's sort of my, I mean, it is my, I've always said it's sort of my calling. I mean, I had a musical family when I grew up, started playing I would say professionally, meaning, you know, getting checks and paychecks and such when I was 17 and pretty much did it full time through my 20s. Um, found a really unique opportunity that kind of changed my life, which exposed me to teaching. But with that, playing professionally into my 20s and early 30s, and I would say coming up in the industry and seeing my family and, and watching them play with, you know, the best of the best musicians in the Twin Cities area. And then I was having the joy of playing with some of those same players when I was in my twenties and they were in their fifties and I'm like, you know, they have mortgages and families and whatnot, and we're all both getting the same paycheck. And then it was like, as I was pursuing this further and further, I started to get a little bit scared because what I started to understand was the artistry and the, and the music and the creation part of playing music and the economics and reality of making a living playing music are two very different things. Mm. And I have friends and players and friends of mine that if, if the horn is in their mouth, they're a happy person. For me, it, it wasn't that way. And I was starting to get a little afraid because I was concerned that what I, I held so dear and what was so important to me as, in the creation of music was actually starting to get tainted through the experience of using or that vehicle of making a living in it. Mm. And that's where I'm just thankful that teaching to me um, gave me a financial outlet and a passion that I have a deep, uh, you know, passion for that allowed me actually to keep and hold music in that special place and not have to scramble after every gig and, and just be using it as a means of, of creating a financial solution for me. So, you know, and this is unique for everybody. So like I said, some people are happy to play anything and make what they need to. And for me, it was almost more important for me to hold dear the specialness of music creation um, and not treat it as a means of making a living. And now in my fifties, I have the luxury and the joy of selecting the musical opportunities that I want to be in and, and music while I play a tenth or as much as I used to, it's almost more impactful and more meaningful to me because I get the opportunity to select and, and create and find those opportunities, which are really going to feed me. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, first of all, congratulations for like making a career out of something that you really loved initially. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, not a lot of us are able to make that happen. So that's awesome. Number one. Uh, number two, I think your story is really unique because I think uh, most of us, a majority, a bigger portion of us fall into the like, uh, we're not really doing our, our passion thing where you were doing your passion so much that you were starting to not like it, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> which is, yes. you know, kind of a different story. Um, but then I think it's also really cool that you started to recognize that, Hey, this isn't matching up with, with how I want this to go anymore. 
So how did, how did that, what, what did that manifest? Like what, what were you feeling when you were starting to recognize, like, I'm not sure this is the path to keep going down. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, for, for somebody who has um, an artistic outlet and I, I don't know how to compare it other than, I mean, when you're in, I mean, you know, when you're in the moment of creating music and you have that collectivism of the artists on stage and the joy, if there's an audience that's participating in it, I mean, that is an experience unlike anything in that moment. And what I kept finding is those moments were becoming more and more fleeting because music became more of just a mechanism towards a paycheck, you know, where the, you know, let's talk about it. I mean, it's corporate events, it's weddings, it's parties, it's even major events. I mean, it's, it's, the genius of the music creation and that audience artistry piece. Like I could start to count, you know, on a, on a gig month of like how many gigs out of the 50 gigs I played this month or whatever it might be, like how many of those really fed my soul. And I was starting to see like, I could count those on a hand. Mm. And then let's be honest, you know, full-time musician is not an easy job. That is, that is a, a, a hard living. Yeah. So I could, I think it was because of those insights and then also growing up in a musical family and seeing my musical mentors that are a generation ahead of me in the same struggle. I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be 50 and trapped to have to play music because mm -hmm. I have no other means or skill set. And then what is my passion has turned into sort of my torture. Like that's, that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So what's really, what's really cool is like, you know, a lot, a lot of times we fall into these different camps and you sort of fall into this uh, camp number three, which is um, I'm, I'm playing small, like you're now, mm. how do I, how do I play big? Right. And the cool thing about you playing, deciding to play big was actually to make music a smaller part of your life so that it yeah. could add and make your, your whole life a bigger life, which it's, just, it's super cool. And I, I love that. I think it's a trap. I mean, people always say, you know, follow your passion. You got to do whatever it takes. And I think that's a, you got to be very, I mean, as you and I know, you know, coming from the fitness industry and everything, like you got to be, that is an individual decision. And there's a lot of unique pieces that go into that. That is not just a fit, all size fits all. You know what I mean with that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One size fits all. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, what would you say to somebody who is maybe in the same boat as you who is, is starting to realize, hey, <clears throat> I'm not sure if, if I should keep continuing down this path because of the way this is starting to make me feel. And I think you have to look deep inside of yourself. And if you can monetize what you love and hold on to what you love through the act of monetizing it, and you don't lose your sense of self or that sense of, of joy and feeding that, that, that genius that you have is, then man, keep going, go big, but don't feel that you're failing. And I would actually say you're giving, you're, you're being more true to yourself and the world around you to, to maybe go small and hold on to that genius and find other mechanisms. Cause again, making a living and being an artist don't necessarily become, have to be the same thing. And it doesn't make you less of an artist. I think mm -hmm. that's the other piece. Mm -hmm. Success in being successful, whatever that may be, which so many people deem as a numerical financial number to evaluate that. If you're just touching and making yourself a better human being, you're enriching the world. If you, if through your artistry, you can touch one human being, you're enriching the world. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be millions and tenfold. So just watch, be careful of the trap, I think. Nice. Love it. 
Awesome. Thanks for sharing your story today, Michael. I really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you.